All right, let's get into the Word. You ready for some Word today? If you have a Bible, get it out. And if you're new with us, don't know your way around a Bible, do your best to follow along. Uh, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We've been teaching a series for a number of weeks now. This is called Right Living in a Wrong World. And uh, the first two passages I'll just remind you of pretty quickly that we've been reading each week. And they are 1 Corinthians 15.34, which the first part of it reads, Awake to righteousness and do not sin. All right, those components in that order are vital for our success. Also, they are both New Covenant, New Testament messages, all right? Awake to righteousness, that's being saved and then knowing your right standing with God. Do not sin means control yourself. <laughs> After you get saved, it still is, an, it is very important how we conduct our lives. And then, and then Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 reads, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So multiple things there, but one of them is this, we're not on our own. But when a believer is endeavoring to mimic the Father in heaven and, and imitate him, uh, they are not doing so in their own strength or really even because they had a bright idea. No, it's God working in us. He is to be glorified, but he's working in us, enabling us to have right desires and to have right actions that come out of those desires. But the end result is this. You have Christians who live like Christians. Anyone think that's a good idea? Yeah. You, have, you have people who say certain things. I believe this. I am one of these. And their lifestyle shows it. All right. When the opposite is true, it's confusing to everybody. Right. Uh, if you live one of those mixed, confused lives, the rest of us who know you, we're going, are they really saved? I mean, they said they are. I mean, they prayed the prayer, but... I don't know. I can't tell. Stop confusing us. <laughs> and don't you have relatives or friends or some of you know people like that? They, you ask them, are you, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I believe in the Lord. Oh, yes, I love God. But, but you're always confused by their life. Why? Because it's inconsistent. It doesn't match. And, and it doesn't, it's not helpful, right? It's not helpful to the individual living it. That produces a dissatisfaction. Um, it's not helpful to anyone who's observing. It's definitely not helpful in our evangelistic effort of the world. Because we want to have a message that's backed by a living reality. Yeah, You are the only Jesus some people will ever see. Right? You're the only Bible some people will ever read. And so we want to awake to righteousness and stop sinning. Okay, And so this message is in large part um, the latter part of that, that two-part component there. And it comes from Ephesians chapter 4, where it's not just talking about our position in Christ, but our walk that comes out of that position. And so Ephesians 4 and verse 25 reads this way, Therefore, uh, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And I made the point to you last week that 
it's somewhat odd that you would have to tell believers to stop lying. But if they had to, maybe we ought to uh, embrace that same message. And, and, and I ought to, as a minister of the new covenant, also say what Paul said by the Spirit. And that's this. Stop lying to each other. <laughs> Why do we need to say that? I don't know, but I guess we do. So let's say it. We speak it in love and we say it with, with, with faith that it'll be a, a blessing to us. But this is one of the most basic God-like qualities that exists. It's one of the most basic truths that we can possess. How many know, if, if you know anything about God, uh, truth is one of the primary descriptors. There is no deception or lie in him at all. In fact, if he were to go back on his word, the whole universe would blow up. Literally, I mean, I say that because of uh, Hebrews chapter 1, which says that all things are, are held together by His Word. Okay? In other words, His Word is true. It's, in, it's full of integrity. Uh, it's not flippant. He doesn't just change it. It's true permanently, forever. The Word of the Lord will endure forever. Because of that, it holds all things together. Why? Well, because they were spoken into existence to begin with. God created with faith-filled words. He spoke and they came into being. Now the integrity of his word is what maintains that. All right. And if, if everything God created would blow apart outside of his uh, integrity, outside of him keeping his word, what could happen to us? Well, let me ask you, what happens to people's lives when they lie and deceive? When they go back on what they say? Isn't there, couldn't this also describe how people's lives blow up? how things blow apart in their life, their relationships come apart, uh, their, their, maybe their business uh, relationships blow apart. Lots of things go wrong when people don't speak the truth. And so this is something we can see on multiple levels that is very, very valuable. But God's word is true and absolute. It's the reason we can trust him. Yeah, it's the reason we can say, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Well, if God's word isn't true, then I'll say, I'm going to lay him hands on the sick and I don't know what'll get, what's going to happen. I can't pray with confidence that he hears me and will, and will respond to my prayer. But the fact that his word is true enables us all to believe him. Now, people still have trouble in these regards because they treat God the Father like a human being. And we know human beings often say one thing and do another. And if we project that onto God, then when we pray, we're not certain what's going to happen. And that undermines our faith. But let's not treat him that way. In fact, uh, Numbers 23, 19 says, says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Right. Has he said it and shall he not do? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? See, we can count on the Lord. If he said it, he's going to do it. I recommend you say that about him and then about you, but about him first. And when you pray, when you pray, say, thank you, Lord. You never lie. Thank you, Lord. If you said it, I can count on you. I can take your word to the bank because you are going to follow through on every detail of what you said to me. That's a relationship of trust and that's faith that pleases God, but that's who he is. You think about our, our society the way our, our land is built, it is so many things exist because of liars. There are so many things that we wouldn't even have to mess with if it weren't for liars. Lying exists throughout the human race. People will look you in the eye and say what they know not to be true. You think about the court system. 
and uh, uh, the court system, if, so, if someone takes a stand, right, they put their hand on the Bible and raise their right hand, and I've only seen this on TV, <laughs> thankfully. Some of you, you know, you've been there, done that, right? And uh, what do they say? Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth will help you, God? Is that right? It almost sounds like I know what I'm doing. Uh, why would you have to do that, though? Why would you have to go through all that? Swear to tell the truth? Well, because there are liars. And they're trying to avoid the possibility that someone might on the stand say what's not true. So they're trying to bolster that. Because there are liars in the land. Yeah? I mean, no, Christians outside of, now take yourself outside of court, we should never have to swear to tell the truth. If you have to go around and tell people, I'm not, I'm not lying now, I'm, I swear, I'm telling the truth. What does that tell us about you? It's like, like, like usually you lie, but now because you say that, you're not lying. <laughs> lying is normal, but outside of, you're going to act truth, truthful right now. See, we shouldn't have to do anything like that because it's just our being. It's our character. It's what drives us is truth in all situations. Think about the complex contracts that exist to do everything today. Why? Because liars exist. Because someone will look you in the eye and I'll pay you this for this job and they'll try to get out of it. Right? And, and all these things exist in this, in this, this fallen world. Non-disclosure agreements. and uh, We even have body language experts to decipher when someone's looking you in the eye and lying. Right? Law enforcement, of course, has to do that. They have to be trained to look at people's eyes and, and, uh, and see what's going on. Right? And there's all kinds of signals, and they're saying one thing, but they're not telling the truth. Why does that exist? Because of the father of lies, Satan. But it's opposite of God, opposite of who we are as children of God. Now, if I'm talking to the saved, but uh, there's a reason why we put special effort into making our word good. Again, we shouldn't have to do this, but... Uh, but think about wedding ceremonies. We make covenant promises to each other. We say things like, for as long as we both shall live. All right. Why, why do you say that? Why would someone include that in their wedding vows? Well, it's not for times of happiness. <laughs> it's not for times of bliss. We love each other and love life and everything is wonderful. Right? It's for times when you want to wring each other's neck. <laughs> it's for moments when there's failure, when there's dissatisfaction, when there's temptation to depart. And then those words come back. Hopefully. Which says, for as long as we both shall live, and oh, I'm still living. Uh, yes, that word still binds me. To, to this agreement, to this covenant promise we made to one another. It's supposed to hold us there, right? But we say that, but, but what if someone's not a, if they don't value truth like they ought to? Well, then even a statement like that doesn't carry enough weight to keep the marriage together. Because my dissatisfaction, my hurt, my something else that has entered in the relationship will supersede that word. And now all of a sudden, yeah, I said that, but 
How many are glad God doesn't do that? Yeah, I know I told you that, but, but you know, I mean, I'm, that, that was then. This is now. Things are different. Well, that means I can't trust you. Right? And so when it comes to our relationships, we value, we must value truth. And if we say something, if we let it escape our lips, then bless God, I am going to do everything in my power to make sure that happens. All right? This is why we don't want to be loosey-goosey with our commitments either. In this regard, where we're just quickly telling people, I'll do that for you. Yeah, sure, I'll help you. Sure, I'll do this. If, I'm not saying don't help each other. I'm saying if we're not assured that we can follow through on that. When people say, I'll do this for you and I'll, I'll help you every Monday from now until Jesus comes. <laughs> you sure about that? Do you know what the future holds? Can you make that kind of promise? I mean, no, those, those, those eternal, if you will, promises, those promises without end should not happen except for very few situations. How about like, Jesus is Lord. I make you the Lord of my life. How about the marriage covenant? Those, those are unending promises. But other than that, I kind of want to put a little bit of space in there for the unknown. Yeah. And so uh, I was thinking about what ways people do this. Because there's, you know, there's the blatant lie. Someone just looks you in the face and tells you, the, tells you a lie and they know they're doing it. But there's so many things where we get involved in this ungodly uh, behavior but it's not that blatant, so we give ourselves permission, okay? I'm talking about things like bending the truth. It's not a full-on blatant out, you know, straight out 100% lie, but it's slanted to make us look better or to make someone else look worse. Do you allow that kind of thing to exist in your life? Will you slant it? You just bend it a little bit because that's not truth. God would never do that. If he tells you something, it's 100%. It's pure. All right? There's manipulation, which is a form of lying. When people are crafting their words to say something, to change someone, or to persuade them to do something, but it's not based on, on absolute truth. It's based on what they think or what they want. And they want to manipulate someone into doing what they want them to do. Well, that's a form of lying. Okay, what, what about uh, flattery? Flattery is something God has nothing to do with. You know, that insincere praise or, you know, untrue or exaggerated compliments. And they're, they're meant to, again, to almost manipulate people. They're, they're, they're meant to have an effect upon them, but it's, it's untrue. Again, I'll go back to my Father in heaven. If he has a word for me, if he has a word for you, He's not, uh, I don't want to use colloquialisms, but I'm not sure where they came from. He's not blowing smoke. <laughs> then I'm thinking, you know, sometimes we use these and they like have a drug reference or something. I got to, <laughs> you know, we were talking about one recently, the pipe dream. I thought, we say that, is that like someone getting high? I better not use that one anymore. <laughs> Anyway, you understand what I'm saying? If God tells you something, he's, gonna, he's shooting you straight. And he doesn't flatter. Also, we, we sometimes do this. We give our, our lies like sizes. 
in colors. <laughs> you ever notice the color-coded lies? They're usually referred to as little white ones. <laughs> All right. And that, what, is that acceptable as like a, a big, large black lie? Is that a bad one? And then a little white one, that's a good one? No, no. Uh, I understand that when people do that, they're sometimes, you know, small deceits, sometimes to avoid hurting people. And so you, you kind of get why people do it, but I'm saying, no, I'm not going to be involved in little white ones. I just don't have any, I don't want to leave any space in my life for something that's not true. If I know it, if I know it's not true, I can't, I can't allow it because I must maintain integrity. My faith must be solid. I must imitate my father. All right. And again, there are situations like one time I was in a, I was in a hospital room. There had been a car accident with a father and a son. The father died. The son was minorly injured. I'm in the hospital room with the son and a friend of the family and the son doesn't know what happened. And he, I'm standing there, he flat out asks this other person, where's dad? And they knew, and they looked at him, and they said, I don't know. And uh, again, am I sympathetic towards her position in that situation? Totally. I understand she got caught, but I couldn't do that. I don't mean, I mean, I would, I would instantly, if I were caught off guard, I would be seeking the Lord for grace how to answer. And I'm looking at, I'd pause for a millisecond and I believe the Lord would give me the right answer that wouldn't harm the situation. But there's gotta be a commitment to truth. I'm just not gonna say what's not true if I know it. Even if it's a situation that might hurt someone like that, I'm saying, Lord, give me wisdom because you're truthful and I'm truthful. I'm not gonna let come out of my mouth what's, what's a lie. Then there's the type of lies that are just a failure of, of follow through on commitments that we kind of touched on a minute ago. But when someone makes a commitment, they don't follow through. That would be a form of lying. That's why I recommend be a committed type of person. Commitment is a valuable trait to have in your life, but just be very intentional about your commitments. Don't be quick to tell someone you'll do something, you'll be there, you'll participate. If you do not have, you know, strong assurance that you're able to follow through on that. Because if we're just flippantly doing that, we're entering into saying things that aren't true and that can bleed over into other areas of our life. When you talk about truth, one of the things that comes up sometimes is, is objective truth versus subjective truth. Uh, it's it's that sometimes people will say there is no absolute truth. Everything is subjective or relative. You ever heard that kind of logic? Okay. Think about that for a moment. Let me show you how that's not logic. Okay. <laughs> if someone says there is no absolute truth, that statement is an absolute statement. <laughs> Which means it's not true. If there is no absolute truth, then you cannot believe anything absolutely. <laughs> Including that there are no absolute truths. You can't believe that. 
Hallelujah. I believe in relativism. You can't. You believe in it absolutely? <laughs> it's kind of like that, the idea, you know, it's just simple logic, and, and you can logically look at the things of God. Okay? Two opposing views cannot both be correct. You know, it's like the idea of people want to say, all religions point to the same God. What? That's, you're, that's, a, that's, you're being a simpleton by even saying that. Two opposing views. I say this is true. I say this is true. They're exactly opposite. Oh, they're both true. See, it's people trying to accept everything and they're just, they're denying everything in the process. All right. And so what we want to do is uh, stay with truth. We value it. In today's language, in, in the last number of years, this has risen again, this hope concept, and it's just relabeled and it's called your truth or my truth. And that label has been put. It's just a new cover a new disguise for something that undermines the integrity of God himself and his word because that's what sets people free. But I was thinking, why, do, why have people done that? Why have they made my truth a thing? Why even use the word truth? Why not say my opinion or my belief? And it's because the word truth is inherently virtuous. The word truth has weight, it has value. So the idea is, let's use a really good word, we'll just change the meaning of it. We'll just make it mean something else. Now it's subjective to whatever you think and your experience and your opinion that doesn't live outside of ourselves. I was thinking about words that change. And uh, this happens in, la in language uh, quite a bit, but. There are some words that we used to use, like, like fudge. <laughs> What's fudge? Well, it used to be more commonly used as someone like bending the truth or something. They fudge on something. But now it's just a wonderful dessert. <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or words like flux. I think, I hear flux, I think, you know, influx or the flux capacitor or something like that. <laughs> it used to mean diarrhea. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically maybe it still does, but we just don't use it that way. Or, or the word cute, you know, like pretty, attractive. It's, it's a short, from, short form of the word acute, right? which has to do with precision and being sharp and, 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 and people use it in a, in a different way. I was thinking of other words like, vi like uh, vaccine. <laughs> How many aren't sure what that is anymore? <laughs> or, or watch, or watch, marriage. Is that a recent word that has in society changed meanings? When it comes to the word truth, comes to the word truth, we can't afford to bend on that one. It has to maintain its vital meaning. It's what makes us free. Remember John 8, 32, the truth shall make you free. It, it, is what's, it is who God is. It is one of the definitions of his children. How do you describe a Christian? They're truthful in all matters. 
That's why Paul's writing to the Ephesians and said, listen, you guys, you're carrying this over from your previous life. You're carrying this, this activity over from who you were before you got saved. Quit it. Because we are known for truth. God is a God of truth, and it is something that we cannot change. How does someone break the habit of lying? And maybe you're there. Maybe you're one who, you know, bends the truth or does some of these other things. Or maybe you've been in a pattern of just flat out saying things that weren't true. And you've done it so long. And I know people who've done this. They'll just start, they just tell, tell stories and they exaggerate everything. And they tell stories that are just not true. And it's like they don't even blink anymore. They've done it so long. And sometimes, you know, God's merciful. People like that really get saved. And they got a thing to overcome. They've got to change the way they think. And I recommend these three, th these three steps. Number one, identify the motive as to why you're untruthful. Why do you do that? Meaning, is it pride? We taught on this last week. Is it pride? Is it guilt? Is it fear? What's driving your your um, activities to say things that are not true. So identify the motive. Number two, repent. Don't skip over this, but sincerely seek forgiveness and change. Not just I feel bad about it, but forgiveness and change to go a different direction than you have before. And I'll tell you what, the Lord will help you with this. You're not on your own. This is not just mental willpower self-help. This is getting involved with the power of God who enables us to be anything good that we can be. Okay. And then number three is expose every lie. I'm talking about not in others, but in yourself. Expose every lie in yourself. That means train yourself to immediately correct yourself if you say something that's not 100% true. Make yourself jump on it. I mean in front of people. When you say it, go, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That, that wasn't true. I was just making myself look better. Or maybe you don't even have to explain it. But no, that didn't happen. That wasn't correct. This is the truth. This is what really happened. And if you will do that a few times, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> but I tell you, if you're talking to people you know, they already know you lie. If you know them well, you can deceive strangers, but your friends and family, they already know that you do that. Inside, they're rolling their eyes. No, I got them tricked. No, you don't. But if you do, again, there's no value in being a skilled liar. This is how you get out of it. I'm going to do these things and I'm going to change immediately. Recently, a friend of mine asked about a trip in the future about, he asked me, did you buy the flights for, that, for that, that trip? And I said, no, I haven't done that yet. And then it was actually a couple days later, I was looking at something and I realized I purchased one, the return flight for this trip that he was asking me about. I thought, oh, I didn't remember I did that. There wasn't intention at all, but I immediately texted him and I said, oh, you know, I said I didn't get those tickets. I actually did. I bought the return leg. I haven't bought the outgoing leg uh, to, that, to that trip yet. Just wanted to let you know. Now, it wasn't even for me, it wasn't a lie because it wasn't intentional. It was uh, a forgetfulness. But still, I didn't want it to exist in me. 
the moment I knew the truth and that I had said something that wasn't true, from that point on, I thought, no, this is no, this is no big deal. Nevertheless, truth is a really big deal to me. And so if I said something that's not true and I find out that it wasn't true, I'm fixing it. If I can, I'm going to set it straight. I'm going to set the record straight. This is what's really happened. I didn't know this and this is what happened. There's a commitment to truth that all of us can make and it honors God. It's reflective of his very truthfulness himself. It's reflective of his nature and we should all value this. Amen. Now let me give you... Let me read you two more verses here, uh, and then we'll finish for today. The first one is, is 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. It reads, For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. All right? You go back to the beginning of this. I think most of us can embrace this desire. I want to love life. <laughs> Who wants to hate their life? How's it going? Horrible. I hate my life. I mean, that was, that's very real. He said, if you don't want that, if you want to be honest, be, honestly be able to say, hey, it's good. Man, my life is good. I love my life. I love my life. He said, if you want that, this is how you do it. You watch what you say. You speak no evil. And you absolutely do not say things that deceive. That's God's key to loving life and seeing good days. The New Living Translation reads, For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Man, that's almost too simple to be, uh, you know, to be true. That's it. Happy days, long life, happy life. I love my life. If I correct my speaking, no evil speaking, and that can be a big subject right there. But no evil speaking and no lying, that's what he said. I think that's worthy of committing 100% to. To saying, Lord, I'm going to be a truth teller. I'm going to speak godliness. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak positive things and I'm never going to deceive because a lying tongue will cost us good days and enjoyment. Think about the deception. The idea when, when someone is tempted to say something that's not true or bend it or exaggerate or any of those kind of things, they think by saying the truth it's going to harm me or by saying something that's off a little bit, that's going to enhance my life in a small way. That's going to help me. And just the opposite is correct. He said, that's how you lose your happy days. That's how you don't love your life. And then Ephesians, where we started, Ephesians 4.25. I wanted to get that to you again. But from the, the, the Passion Translation, it reads, So discard every form of dishonesty and lying. Isn't that good? Every form of dishonesty and lying. Discard it. So that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth. For we all belong to one another. Now, now, now think about this. Uh, how do you want to be known? What do you want your reputation to be? As an individual. I can say as a church, 
I would want our reputation to be that we're known for being truthful. Even if, say, I don't like this about them, okay, but do we tell the truth? Will we never lie? Will we never deceive one another? We would never say what's untrue knowingly. I think that's an admirable uh, characteristic and reputation. God is that way. He's known as a God of truth. And we should be known. And that's what he said. So that you will be known. Your reputation is truthful. Especially how many know if you're in business, you want that reputation in the community. If you sell or repair or do some type of service, you want to be known as honest, as sincere, as truthful, not deceptive. And you'll take someone to the cleaners if you get the opportunity. Amen. But if you want to have a relationship with anyone, you have to be known by that. Well, they'll be truthful to you. They'll tell you the truth. They won't ever lie to you. Amen. Praise God. Someone came, so, uh, this might be self-praising. I, I don't want to, it's just an illustration that just come to me. But years ago, there's some people in our church, and uh, they might even be here in this service today. I know they sometimes sit over here. But... Uh, I asked them quite a few years ago when they first came they, uh, uh, why they came and they knew some people who knew me that weren't a part of our church. And so they asked them about me. Not a bad move because they knew me personally. And their word uh, to them was in essence um, that he will, he will be straight up with you. He will tell you the truth. He won't, there, won't be, there won't be any guile or any deceit whatsoever in, in him if he's relating to you. And that for them was sufficient, I guess. That was sufficient for them to come and be a part of our church and have stayed here for many years. They know they're not being lied to. I don't mean I couldn't ever say anything that was wrong. I could, but I wouldn't do it knowingly. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And, and I think we want that reputation. As, 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 as believers, okay? But the reason he gives here for people doing this is interesting. He said, do this because you belong to one another. In other words, we're a part of a body. We're a family. We're connected spiritually, all right? Even if you, there's lots of people here, we don't all, you don't know everyone, but we're connected by God. It's not just an organization. It's not just a building. It's a spiritual connection and family. He said, if you lie to each other, in essence, you're lying to yourself. If someone else is deceived by your words, you're deceiving yourself because we are one. How many know it's when people don't get that spiritual connection, they miss out on what God's doing? They think this is like joining the Y <laughs> or joining some other club. This is not the same. This is on a whole nother level. This is, this is spiritual and it's eternal and it's God ordained. And we never want to do this to one another where we would have the slightest hint of deception in our relationships. Be truthful, okay? Now, one last statement. Being truthful is not the same as telling people everything you think. Part of maturity is knowing when to speak and when not to speak. That's not the same as lying. I mean, you know, sometimes there are things you think or maybe even things you know and you shouldn't say them. Yeah, maturity. We see this same chapter tells us, Paul wrote earlier, he said, speak the truth in love. 
And if something is true, but it's not loving, it's not going to build or help, but it's going to tear down, hold on to it. All right? It's not lying. It's just being mature. It's being wise. And not everything that passes through our minds should quickly come right through our mouth. <laughs> there needs to be a filter. Amen? I tell you, the Lord is helping us. And being, being truth talkers is of such great value. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in us.